0: Welcome to the Burst ball Scottish Football Podcast, it's episode 219 of the Burst ball and this week we're looking at all things Scotland. Uh, obviously we were, we were meant to be, you are meant to be listening to us on Monday but this is now Tuesday I believe you'll be listening to us uh, and the reason for that was because tonight, which is the night we're recording it, Monday night, there was a Scotland game. Uh, I'm joined this week by Lois Burrell, Lois, how you doing? I'm good Lewis, thanks for having me on well, We were saying before we went on that we need to sort this that There's two Lewis's in the podcast We need to get a nickname sorted or,
1: Aye, or something. Maybe that can be a thing for the listeners The listeners can tweet us in for yes. what one of our one of nicknames should be Let, the, mic, let yeah. the brain go wild Aye,
0: definitely Get, get, get your suggestions in uh, what should one or oh, maybe both can be? Can one of us be called the Lewis and other not be called the Is Do we both have to have nicknames? Either uh, is is we, we want to hear from you. So so fire them, man. Uh, also joined by uh, Andrew Scott. Andy, how you doing?
2: Not too bad, mate. Uh, had a long day, but I have to say this is a good way to be ending it.
0: I believe you are. Oh, that's 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 cute. I believe you are working today, I
2: Oh, as I was, um, I working a bookies, so still got to watch the game. Um, but heard mixed reviews for the punters. Um, <laughs> but I believe the result has uh, got everyone fairly looking forward to the next one.
0: Well, nice
2: one, nice one. Was
0: there any uh, any big wins?
2: Absolutely not, no. I um, <laughs> had a couple on minus three, um, quite audacious, Oof. like five nils and all that. Um, Sunday so did a fiver on Naismith to get a hat trick. Uh, oh. To be fair, they probably should have, so he'd be raging after that. I'd be, yeah. be at that after they get two. The... <laughs>
0: uh, uh, I I mean, well, let's just get straight into it then. Uh, Scotland two, Albania nil. I was at the game, uh, so I got to see the, the well, the full ninety minutes there about, thereabouts. Uh, just from me me speaking personally, I thought it was kinda came out of nowhere, didn't it? Like I, I was not expecting that after Friday.
2: No. I thought um I think there's a lot to take away from that performance. Um I mean when the lineups came out, um, I believe I was already a bit sceptical. Um mm. but I think the boys maybe not know and Naismith was probably Mattu that I was kinda more conscientious about. Um but I thought they both played brilliantly, to be honest. Um I don't know especially at the back, I thought it was a rock. Uh, Naismith as well, um had a lot of chances and eventually did get a goal or two, depending on what we want to look at it. But um what's to look forward to I think.
1: Uh Lewis, what was your take on it? I I think we looked really good, obviously there was a lot of pressure on the team going into the game. I know the Belgian mm. game the other night was just a friendly and we can sit here now after a good win and look back in it and think, well, it doesn't matter too much. But there was quite a lot of pressure on the team getting into the game. And I think considering the pressure that was on them, they managed the game really, really well. I mean, remember Albania, in terms of form and in world ranking, are actually stronger than us at the moment. So to, I, I think we didn't ever really look under threat. I thought we controlled the match really, really well. And a lot of the the things the other night that worried you about the defence looking a bit ropey and no real creativity and things it was the stark contrast to that tonight the defence looked absolutely solid John Suter looked tremendous I thought Uh, and then up front we were creating a lot of chances I mean Callum McGregor could probably have had about 5 goals himself
0: Mm. yeah I mean that was one thing that I I took away from this match is that we we did create a lot of chances the only thing I would maybe say is that we weren't very clinical with those chances, is that maybe maybe just because we don't really have a a natural finisher in that team? As much as I I like guys at Naismith and Russell, they've never been a a first-choice striker at their their clubs, or in terms of the main kind of striker, and you're uh, relying on them for goals. I mean, Russell's been played out wide, Uh, Naismith is very rarely played up top in his own, so... Um, I don't know, was that a factor, do you think? Do you think if Griffiths has maybe
1: started the game that we, we might have put away some of those early chances in the first half? I was really surprised, actually, to see him start Naismith. He brought him on the other night as well against mm. Belgium when he put him up front, but uh, that's not a position that Naismith's played for a good couple of years. You know, at yeah. heart, he's playing a wee bit deeper. And I was quite surprised that he had that sort of faith in Naismith to go into an international game and lead the line up front like that, but to be fair to him, it's really paid off tonight. Uh, I think that is something that this... Scotland team, obviously it's a fairly new team that he's brought together, he's trying to sort of build something, but I think that is one thing that they are missing, as a sort of a talisman if you like, uh, a James McFadden a Kenny Miller type, who you look to in the big moment and you know that they're capable of a big goal and a big game, Well, we've got some really quite good creative players, some of the Celtic boys and everything are really creative, talented individuals, but you do feel that we lack the man
2: and such, you know mm. yeah. yeah, no I d- I- Sorry,
1: but
0: on you go. I didn't know I was going to get you
2: in anyway. Um, no, I think uh, that's a fair assessment. To be fair, um, you're talking about like a talisman that one uh, needing, um, which is why I thought if you had to look at Swindon now, um, Griffiths would be that man. Um, so uh, when he was on the bench, I was a bit sceptical, uh, and I'm looking at the stats now uh, with twenty five shots on goals, uh, only six on target. Um, you can and obviously with the chances Naismith passed up you can't help but think Griffiths might have done a wee bit better um, given he's used to leading the line up front himself uh, not saying that he is the answer to the future but um, I would have definitely thought we'd have put some of them away
0: I mean as much as you say there about Naismith not putting chances uh, away and I do agree with you because I obviously just pointed that out there I think first half especially but he did score two goals and I tell you what by the way if he
1: keeps up this form Hearts might win the league <laughs> <laughs> Lovely to see, it's just been lovely to see somebody put in a right good strong challenge to Celtic this year. So <laughs> if it has to be hearts, fair those. Fair as long as they don't start this Saturday against us, dogs <laughs> Fuck. So
0: I mean uh, we'll we we'll, uh, we'll maybe get into that then, obviously out with Naismith then, who who really stood out for you? I know there's been a few names mentioned but um who who really stood out
1: for you tonight, guys? Yeah, I thought tonight John McGinn looked really, really solid, yeah. to be honest. Especially I mean he took mm. probably for a, remember John mcginn has been in the press for a lot of good things in the last few months, it's all been Hibs, he's gonna make Hibs millions of pounds, the whole Celtic thing, you know, it's been all, all very, very positive. And then the other night obviously he had his incident with the when he got the throw out for Craig Gordon and suddenly it was all mm. so well McGinn asked for that ball, should never have asked for it, Get caught out in it. It was a bit of negative press run about him for the first time, but in a long time anyway. But he certainly recovered really, really well. He put in a really, really strong performance tonight. He was spraying passes about, really bringing the wing-backs into the game as well, I thought. And aye, uh, he, he looked really, really strong. It was the John McGinn
2: that was, came to know. Yeah, um, I think he came out. I think he came out well. Up point to prove. Um, obviously, um, giving away the first goal against Belgium. Uh, and I thought overall, maybe apart from two passes, he um, had a really really strong game. Uh, as Lewis said, pinged about, and I thought it really took the game to Albania. Um, another player I thought uh, I was really impressed with was, uh, as I said earlier, um, O'Donnell uh, right back. I thought mm. in the air he was excellent. Um, very rarely lost a header, and I think you get booked for uh, earlier in the game for winning a header. There was I don't really say anything wrong with it. Um, also without heading um, tracking back he made one or two uh, vital vital tackles um, to stop uh, or being a being on goal and that might have made a difference who knows I
0: mean it's see just in general then when obviously we have been short in that area in, in the past in terms of that right back and know tonight it was more playing right wing back but would you would you be happy to see O'Donnell put be the kind of permanent guy in that position going forward uh,
2: I think you should definitely go on to yeah like, no, sorry uh, if he puts in performances like that uh, I really don't see why not um, obviously with a biased hat on um, if we're putting in right backs from uh, out of the league Richard Tate surely with a call up mm-hmm. um, saying that would pinch us out obviously um, but I'll be, again if he's playing like that um, I thought he played outstanding tonight um, so I don't see why he shouldn't get his chance
0: and in terms of the formation as well, it was obviously three at the back, um, again the two wing backs, McGinn and McDonald sitting, McGregor and, God help me out here, no, McGregor and Russell can I attack in mid, and then one on his own. What did you think of the, the formation? Were, were, were you a fan of it? Do you think it's something to, that you'd be happy
1: with going forward? I think it's it's definitely the way that he's going to go, you know, he's, uh, I think you can see so far in these settings, he's not going to be a manager who in any way favours anything, you know, he's not going to be a simple 4-5-1 and a 4-4-2 guy, he wants to go with one of the most sort of of modern, kind of trendy formations, if you like, but he has players, especially in the defensive parts of the pitch, he has a lot of players who are quite well equipped to that, and I think it happens to be that... To get some of the best players into our team that to get to accommodate Tierney and Robertson in the team, which is a biggie. Uh, I think it's one of the only ways to do it. You need to be quite you need to play quite a sort of intricate, kinda of modern shape and you know there's a lot that's the way a lot of teams play now, so I don't I don't see
2: why it can't be successful for us as well. No, yeah, I have to agree. Um I think I was watching his um... Post match uh, press conference uh, with the telly, um, and uh, you certainly said that it's very much still a work in progress. Uh, I don't know if you will be toying about with certain formations and maybe dipping players in and out to see how they'll do. Uh, but I think if you're basing it on tonight so far, um, it's definitely passed. Obviously, got that vital win and um, sitting pretty up top. The only thing I would say I about mean-
1: it though is Belgium definitely like exploited it the other night. I mean, the way mm. we I would say our shape the other night played completely into Belgium's hands I know they're a much better team than us and whatever we play they're a better team but you, you couldn't help but feel that of the fact our players you know they've only been together as a squad technically for three or four games and it's quite early on in the rain you felt that Belgium really picked us off with the way we were playing but that, that'll happen and I suppose the more they play it the more they get used to it they'll be better in these big games they'll be a bit tighter
0: Yeah I mean I think certainly for sure going forward one it might change a wee bit, uh, and I do expect to see guys come in and out there. But I think certainly the the you kind know, of the back five, I think probably will be very similar going forward. Obviously, McKenna's still to come back, and I'm sure there'll be a few a few players coming into the central defence. But I think certainly, just in terms of numbers, I think five seems to be the way going forward. For me, per me personally, I think. I think I still favour a four, and I think maybe it does go back to Friday night. Um, but I think certainly if it's more if we get performances like that, playing with five at the back, then I'm, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, just just before we 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 talk about Belgium, because I know it's been mentioned a wee bit. Albania, um, I didn't think they were up to much tonight. How much of how much was tonight's result
1: to do with how poor they were? Do you think? I I I I agree with you, Lewis. I didn't think Albania were up too much really. Uh, I think you could say and it's a thing we would usually uh, it's a stick we would post Scotland with us, but you'd say Albania came and gave yep. us a wee bit too much respect to be honest. They they never they never dug into the game or anything. It's just ridiculous, I mean giving us respect, but they they didn't they didn't even really impose ourselves in the game. Uh, they they played the beaten act, to be honest, I thought. You heard all during the week, and quite rightly so, you heard about the, the seven Bundesliga players and they've got players from Napoli all the rest of it, and you were expecting a bit more, but uh, you know, obviously you're you're quite happy when they come and don't really, don't really turn up. But uh, no, I think uh, I wouldn't belittle a win too much. I didn't play that well, but you can only beat what's in front of you, and it's still a pretty morale boosting win for us,
2: you know. Uh, that's a very fair assessment I think. Um again looking at the stats, they have two shots on target, albeit um <clears throat> I think they have two very good opportunities. Um especially we were one up at the point at that point. And if uh, who knows if one of them would were to go in, uh, McGregor didn't save it or that, it could be a completely different game. But um uh, they just sat off as I think, um, didn't really yeah. bring much to the game. And I think the story of the game is very much a case of Scotland missing all these chances and should I been maybe even three, four, or five now up? Having said that I'll take two quite happily. <laughs> Why, definitely.
0: So is that uh, do we want to add anything before we move on to Belgium or have we have we exhausted Albania? I
1: think we've exhausted Albania, can we move on to Belgium.
0: Yep. Yes so you were there you were there for the press I believe I you was get, yes. you a free
1: ticket for this one I was indeed I didn't have to didn't have to file a match report either I was just there to get some both. interviews done at the mix zone after so that was the best of both worlds free ticket effectively that's brilliant aye ah, it, was, it was class it was an enjoyable night not the scoreline but a nice experience I
0: you got to to speak with all the big stars there rub shoulders with Vincent Company etc
1: I did die Uh, the Scotland players were actually I think this has been in the press quite a lot since Uh, Alex McLeish is quite good for this but the Scotland players were all in fairly high spirits to be honest because you go down there and you're you're expecting some of the Scotland players not to go through the mixed zone and uh, some of them to uh, refuse to be interviewed and all the rest of it but they were Mm. genuinely quite upbeat on the whole Uh, obviously they were a wee bit bit down because they'd lost but they could see the bigger picture they were contextualising and the fact it was only a friendly you know uh, the Belgians were all, they were all pretty relaxed, they didn't get the impression it was much a event to the Belgians to be honest, I think they came here knowing fine well they were going to win, they got a few boys run outs, so they got a couple of debuts actually in their team as well, so they were all more than happy to speak to the press and everything too, the only one that wasn't was Eden Hazard, he refused to speak to anybody, but uh, I suppose with a team with as many stars as that, you're going to have a couple of prima aren't you? Well, yeah, I
0: suppose it is to be as <laughs> to be expected. But yeah, when you you mentioned there that they they were very relaxed, and that's certainly the impression I got from the Belgium game. I think they were it was a bit of a training exercise for them. It, it felt at times of felt like if they if they maybe went up a, a gear or two, they could have really done some damage. I think that was mm-hmm. for me anyway the the most worrying aspect yeah. of, of Friday night.
1: I definitely was. I mean, they. You got the impression when you were sitting watching the game, you felt as if Belgium always knew they were going to win it. I mean, we had slight chances before they scored, where we looked quite good, and made a couple of good moves and everything, but Belgium, they, they were, I suppose that's what comes when you have finish third in the World Cup. And you're a, you're a top class team. You know, you're, uh, they've got this kind of innate confidence that they're going to win this game. And if we score, if we happen to score in that first half, they would just come out and outscore us. I suppose that's uh, when you've got the, the quality and quantity of players that they've got at their disposal, and you're, you've you got the track record of success behind you, I suppose that's uh, how you
2: are? Yeah, no, I agree with that, and you don't really have to really go as far as looking at the line-up to see that um, we would potentially have got a doing if they would have turned up. I mean, you've got Qatar, Hazard, Dembele, Mertens or etc., and then you've got Batshuayi on the bench in fine form. Um, I think... Phone 0 was a bit, or oh, you wouldn't take it, but you're like, off oh, you could have been a lot worse. Um, I thought <coughs> they didn't really get of set gear in the game. Um, I think we just sort of sat back and yeah. hoped they break the counter, um, and it just didn't really work out for us. Um, and it could have been a much more embarrassing night than it was. I think. Even some of the young boys they were bringing
1: on, I mean, the boy Hans Vanaken that plays with Club and uh, whatever I mean, he was coming out He came over at the left wing. And he came on, and he was that was his debut, and it was brilliant. You know, it was it was. Uh, a. Yeah tore shreds at us in the second half to be honest, I thought. So I really, aye the, as it's you look at it at the time and it really, really didn't look good for us, but it's easy just to kinda of tear a team to shreds when you are up against a team such as that, you know. But importantly the yeah. difference in
2: quality is like astronomical.
0: Yeah, um I thought <sighs> The the worrying thing for me and I know everyone will talk about defensively with Scotland, given we've obviously conceded four goals and it probably could have been a lot worse. But I thought going forward we were so just so ineffective and that, that, that was what really worried me coming out of that one. Um I know obviously yeah it's obviously Belgium you're coming up against it's a team that finished what third at the World Cup mm-hmm. um, you've got to put that into consideration but still I mean I looked at that and I looked at all the other friendlies and we'd only scored one I think since McLeish had came in uh, and if you want as well you can include the Netherlands friendly with Mackay we didn't score either so that was what six games we just I think we scored one goal it was hungry and even that night we should have scored more goals so I, that that was the main worry and main concern for me on Friday night going into this one and I suppose that was proven to some extent given we were you know we found it difficult to settle in that first half tonight but uh, eventually the goals came but yeah I don't know if that's maybe something going forward but yeah um, just was there any other takeaways from Belgium I mean should we have even been playing Belgium in the first place that's another uh, big topic of conversation is the the, the choice for some of these friendlies has just been baffling I think it all like, you you want probably. to build up conf confidence surely I think that tonight shows that when you're up against Albania who are really a, a team that are a similar level at Scotland although maybe they don't look like that tonight uh, well, I suppose I think
1: you need to look at it in terms of
2: only
1: one aye because
2: uh, like. <laughs> I like remember like we played Spain in our family. Um, just after was it the World Champions winter or Euro, Euro Champions or whatever, <laughs> and was, we shipped like was it three goals past them? Yeah, like you look at that and f- s- packed out Hamden, um, give a good. Don't really um, give them that much respect. Um, got a good performance out of it, um, and you look at that, and then you look at Belgium, uh, half empty Hamden, finished third of the World Cup. And I'm reading these stats now, and it's, it's genuinely nuts. So like scored eighteen in his last sixteen international games. Uh, Hazard's been involved in twenty seven goals in his last twenty six games. And uh Batshuayi who scored again, uh, scored eight of his last ten goals uh for Belgium coming off the bench. So you kinda look at that and then you look at our team and it's like, why are we it's it, as you said earlier on, it's just a training exercise for them. Like never really got out of second gear and it's just kicking like a dead dog when it's down, like what good is it gonna do? It's not as if <laughs> I'm gonna sell it out with a charge. I know, <laughs> but <laughs> <won. laughs> I know, I know. But it's like you charge like forty quid. I no wonder it's empty, and you're hardly yeah. gonna go to what and like, in the passing rain to go watch Scotland and get a humped off like the third best team in the world. I it, I it was it's mental. It's just, it's the same when they played Peru over there. Like what was the pu- purpose on that? The pricing uh, of some, some of these friendlies back. is an
1: absolute disgrace as well. I'm not sure if yes. maybe to get this calibre of team they maybe need to pay a fee or they need to contribute towards bigger teams expenses or something i'm not sure because it's the only thing i could think of that justifies them charging that amount for tickets i mean it, it doesn't no matter who it is it could be a year old it could be a world cup winner team it could be a year old 70s brazil teams or the rest of it it's still a friendly you know it is effectively a, a knockabout a training session so it should yeah. be 10 15 mm. maximum to get into that it's uh, and they were speaking on the telly tonight. I heard them say, and they're talking about the only thing that will bring the punters back is a winning team. And you think, well, no, don't. Yeah. What a big thing that will bring mm, the punters back uh, is if you lower the tickets a bit, the ticket prices, rather. Yeah, no, I, I I
0: totally agree with that, and I think, I mean, whether you whether you like McQuish or you don't, I think you have to admit that he hasn't been been well served here by the SFA in terms of the friendlies we've been we've been given Peru Mexico right before they're going to co- go to World Cup away from home I mean what's that for me that's bonkers uh, and then you factor in the Belgium game as well the prices it just again tonight wasn't a great wasn't a great crowd tonight you can uh, and yeah I think the prices definitely have a major thing to do with it. I would agree with you guys but I think as well I think there is an aspect of winning football and a kind of feel good factor but the SFA haven't helped themselves and they haven't helped McLeish in this instance
1: yeah I agree with you I, mean, I think it has to be said whatever you think Alex McLeish and however he's done since he came in eh, he's not had the fairest crack at it so far could you say having all these mm-hmm. sort of weird friendlies lined up for him you know, I would imagine he'd have wanted to come in he'd have wanted to come in with a blank canvas and set his own friendlies and get I remember he couldn't even take like the squad of players that he really wanted to Peru and uh, Mexico because <laughs> they were pulled out so he's mm-hmm. he could have been doing these first few games having a squad of players that he would actually have wanted to work with going forward you know
0: yeah yeah for sure um, do you guys want to add anything about Scotland or have we have we exhausted both games now or is there, is there any other major talking points that we're, we're missing here I think I'm alright. Uh, we're done for Scotland for now. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to them one day. Uh, but for now we're going to talk about just some of the ma- the major talking points of the last week because quite a lot's happened uh, since we last on a podcast and I think the first and most important one is uh, Oren Kearney who has been named a new St Mirren manager. manager uh, formerly of Colerain. Very highly rated at Colerain. Uh, I listened to an interview with his chairman and the chairman was very complimentary of him Uh, he seems to be very strong-willed Kearney, he seems to be quite similar I would say to Jack Ross and a wee bit different from Stubbs so maybe that would bode well for St Mirren. Uh, I know he was obviously interviewed for the job before and didn't get it I don't know how much that plays into things but um, certainly he seems to have a decent pedigree and yeah I think he I think he's an interesting one an interesting pick certainly his, his comments about uh, he wants to win the win, win the league is uh, what
2: ambitious
0: does that
2: remind you to, of to say the least yeah so I was going to say if you're talking about <laughs> Irish managers coming over you're speaking to two middle fans so you've come to the right place um, <laughs> as soon as I, I read that headline I thought of. Oh, f- Christ's sake! Like here we go. <laughs> I remember Barraclough said that, and then the next season we were in the relegation playoffs. Something like that went well. Aye,
1: this but a, this honestly, I like say to you, thanks, oh Christ, that, that's mm. that's going to go down a little balloon. But I uh, know uh, you've got to. You've got to look past that. You've got to. He's his own man. You know, you automatically draw comparisons to Barraclough just because of what we saw and just because he said the same thing. But I, uh, <laughs> you've got he's his own man. You know, Brendan Rogers obviously rates him very highly as well. I think he was quite instrumental and kind of telling him to got up here and get applying for the St job and everything in the summer as I was seeing the other day. Uh, anybody that you hear talking about David Healy was in the papers as well waxing lyrical about him nobody really seems to have a bad word to say about the guy. It seems uh, a widespread opinion that he's a, a cracking coach. Uh, he must he must have a lot of confidence in his own ability as well because he's obviously it he was, he was only on a part-time basis at Corain and he, he worked mm-hmm. as a teacher and he's packed all that in moving over so he's certainly taking the job seriously. I mm-hmm. hope he gets... I hope he gets a bit of time to get his own stamp on the team. A couple of transfer windows to get the squad he wants in there, because the Mirren squad's a wee bit all over the place at the moment, as we know. Uh, So I hope he gets time to really put his stamp on it, because he's definitely committed to them.
0: Yeah, I mean, Michael O'Neill was very complimentary of him as well, and yeah, I think the, the only worry for me is that he's, I mean, the transfer window's shut. So the players now he's dealing with are essentially Stubbs' as players and there was a lot of talk about are these players match fit are they, they've maybe not played a lot of games. I don't know how that maybe factors into it, Andy.
2: Yeah, well, um, I think when you, I had a look on the Twitter um, when it was announced he was departing uh, and every single one of the replies was like, nothing but good luck. Um I think they're all devastated over there um, that he's left um, but obviously being from part-time um, you can't really turn down the opportunity uh, to go manage full-time in Scotland um, I believe he won the Irish Cup with him um, obviously I've, Northern Irish football isn't really something um, I know a great deal of but um, I can't imagine Colourney are the biggest of teams um, maybe probably the same size and model. I have no idea um, so I can only assume that um, Turning a club like that to winning something like that can only be a good thing. Um, it's definitely outside the box for something. Um, but as you says, he's well um regarded from O'Neill and Rogers over here, so that can only be a good thing. Uh, and as as Lewis says, I think it's given the time. Uh, hopefully he can turn it around for something.
1: It's not well, Moan, don't we? If they appointed somebody off the kinda the merry-go-round, if you like, if they appointed a a John Hughes or a. a Oh, my God. <laughs> aye, somebody like that kind of ilk, then you would you would kind of, oh, how predictable are the rest of it? A McAllister or those kind of people. But, uh, eh... Uh, McIntyre, sorry, I don't know where I'm getting McAllister from. Jim McIntyre. <laughs> is uh, it Rangers? Aye, I don't know. I would struggle to get him out of that job, I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, would, you would moan about that and how predictable it is, but then they go outside the box and we're sitting still almost tearing in a wee bit, you know? But, no, it's uh, it's, it's, one of those ones. It's, It's going to go really really one or two ways it's going to be brilliant and he's an next boss Ross or it will be a bit sort bar of barracluffy, you know and you'll, you'll see early on you'll see these signings and things but where he's going to go the only thing I would worry about is that managers coming from Irish football not necessarily Irish managers because we've got a lot of Northern Irish managers that do well over here as we know but a lot of managers who their primary background is that Irish football don't tend to do tremendously well over here but that's always got to change at some point what about be, be would you to... make it
0: uh, I I think it's actually I, I do like it and I think it's probably the route you have to go down after you you've appointed someone like Stubbs but uh, yeah I think just what you said there about Irish football um, certainly the one that comes to mind for me is Pat Fenlon mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I know that was obviously I think that was League of Ireland so it's a wee bit different but still it's it's a massive step we can we can't under underestimate that it's the difference between the two leagues I think is sometimes it isn't maybe emphasised enough there's a massive difference in the quality between Irish football and and Scottish as much as maybe we sometimes think that that's not the case it is um, in terms of budgets in terms of the crowds in terms of the interests in terms of team sizes and stuff um so it is a massive step, but I I think from what I've heard so far, it's been very positive, and I I I can agree with you guys. I think it will go both ways, and if it goes, if it's unbelievably bad, then that's you know entertaining for us, and if it's uh, <laughs> if it goes the other way, then that's also good as well. Uh, you don't want something in between. You want you want either the sublime or you want the ridiculous, and I feel we might have this with this guy. So uh, best of luck to him uh, across the. Across the divide, Morton have appointed a new manager, uh Jonathan Johansson, who of course was I believe Marty's number two, Pedro's number three mm-hmm. at Rangers. Mm-hmm. Um and he obviously was at Morton before was he also Mother as well, guys? I was the yeah, twenties 20s 20s. manager before Craigan. huh? Yeah. Uh, what, what do, did you make it him when he was
1: there, or when would, he was when make it us appointment? Well, when he was us, I'll be honest, I, I don't think it was brilliant. I remember sitting on an under twenties <laughs> game one day, and uh, he was on the touchline, and he was one of these guys. He, he didn't get any sort of real presence off him, you know. Like if he's not one of these, sometimes you see, it especially these under twenties managers, and you think, oh, you wouldn't cross him, but not necessarily. With and he seemed almost. I thought Maybe this wasn't the case. I don't want to just tear in needlessly but like he didn't get the. You get the impression he was maybe ever so slightly a soft touch with them, and uh, I remember Stuart McCall sitting at the back of the stand, and Johansson was there. Was things happening? I think we were defending a, we were defending a free kick, and the guys just some of the under twenties just formed this wall, and obviously there was nothing coming for the dugout. They just accepted what was going on. He had McCall from at the back of the stand. Obviously it's not his team. He said McCall. You don't need a wall there, and before you knew it, that was it. The player <laughs> dropped off. That was it. So uh, I think it was maybe I think. Maybe not the strongest coach in the world, which means I found it quite bizarre when I get involved. At, with the first team at Rangers as well, but you thought, I well, it's different. Maybe leading that team, an under leading under twenties team, maybe as his strong point. But maybe as a backroom coach, or whatever he's fine. But uh, I, I don't really know how he did at Rangers. To be honest, I've got no clue how he did there. But I did find it strange that Morton have handed him the reins. Uh, he must have a very good agent to keep getting these jobs. I think."
0: <laughs> uh, Andy do you want yeah. to add anything before we kind we of
2: move on yeah uh, well I was, to be honest I was kind of gutted when someone was Simmons appointed um, I heard there might be a rumour that it was uh, Martin oh, no. McGee <laughs> uh, and I had my fingers crossed Martin's
0: assistant
2: I that's just uh, exactly. but maybe that's just um, me wishing for something I can't have uh, but, uh, <laughs> well that's when it comes back to yeah many. I was, I was always, <laughs> as Lewis said, um he was with us for a, a short time, um and obviously arrangers as well, so no doubt um he was he's been a part of some good and bad dressing rooms, so he's got plenty probably got plenty of experience uh in winning games, losing games, drawing etc. Um so must have excelled at his interview as well. Um I, I I don't know if he has he been a first team coach for anyone. I don't I don't believe so. I don't think he has. So, uh, I think this is his no, first. So it's definitely It's like Samarin. Well, maybe not as much as Samarin, but it's a gamble for Morton. Mm-hmm. Um, having to um, obviously after McKinnon leaving um, take the mantle, but again best luck to him. Um, hopefully his experiences as a player and coach can um, have an, hold him a good stead, and hopefully. I'd imagine he's been up here, uh, up in the game for a while, so hopefully, well, I'm assuming he knows quite a few faces to get um, players in in the transfer windows or that, so all the best to him anyway.
1: It is a strange appointment, isn't it, just when you think. I mean, the only team he's ever led is our, our under-20s, and I, I would think they only get that yeah. job as part of the kind of old Rangers boys uh, mm. treaty for McCall, you know. Yeah. So it, it is bizarre. I don't really know, with, especially with some of the candidates... I mean, remember, Matt McGee is actually quite liked among the Morton support and things like that. That's where he started out. But aside for him, I mean, there's some quite good and quite quite high-profile candidates linked to that Morton job, so it is a strange, strange appointment to go with him, but mm. uh, best of luck to them.
0: Yep. Um, yeah. With that, we will move uh, and we'll finally talk about the main event, <clears throat> which was, of course, the Iron, <clears throat> Iron Brew Cup, Um did you guys get to catch much you broke off at the weekend, or was it a, was it an international break for you guys as well?
1: Uh, I never never managed to catch two. I was working quite a lot over the weekend and stuff. Uh, I know, know roughly some of the results and stuff, but I'd be yep. lying if I said I'd seen any of the goals or anything, to be honest, no.
2: Yeah, I'm the same. Uh, I was working, <laughs> so I just had, um, I had Sky Sports News on, just watching all the goals going, um, thinking that... Um, who, was it Queen of the South? Was it 4-0 or something? I God, they have cruised this. Just a bit Yeah, I look shit. at my phone and it's 4-3. And I was like, how the hell? What is going on there? Uh, just the two but, goals for Dobby this weekend, wasn't f- it? F- I know, I know, I know. I'd be lying to say, I didn't have um, something to eat in my cooking. Um, but uh, again, I was disappointed to see um, this some, some, Scottish, uh, <clears throat> some Scottish teams go out to some foreign opposition. But again, <laughs> you look at the scenes where... Dunfermline down in London um, I thought uh, I've I seen some of the scenes on Twitter after it That looked excellent it was 500 Dunfermline video, didn't fans didn't it I think there was a, probably probably more away fans than there was home fans there was um,
0: there was uh, it was Boreham Woods uh, Dunfermline they won in penalties and uh, yeah a trip to London I think over 500 mm. fans as you said and I think there was more uh, away fans than there was So well, that's some trip, isn't it well, that's, that's what you're wanting <laughs> <I was laughs> I it you wouldn't be class know, but
2: well. I'm imagine, I especially well. to win it yeah I
1: think Borum would are a wee bit like a kind of sulfur, aren't they they're like getting heavily heavily backed and they get their, yeah. They rent the stadium out yeah. to Arsenal ladies and Arsenal use it to train and everything so I think they've they got quite deep pockets I think so it was nice to see a team fair championship get in there and I, I know that it was only the penalties the ones, but uh, it's still nice to not have them get in there and getting beat hmm
2: yeah, well, obviously, I was looking at the results tonight. The now, there's a few, maybe no shocks, but disappointing results. Uh, Fulcuk definitely springs to mind. 1-0 um, yeah. I, well, I they could beat, and don't really know what happened there. Um, well, actually... Just go by I, Edinburgh City, must be a good tie as well.
0: I got to see uh, Connors Key last season when they played in Barton, and uh, yeah, they were... Uh, how to put this, uh, hammer throwers, maybe? the yeah Welsh team then they've absolute brutes and uh, by the sounds of because I got to hear the post-match interviews and uh, I think Andy Morrison is the Clint Key manager he is actually from Inverness but he played for Man City when they were in the old third division so if you ever kind of uh, or the third tier of English football so whenever you, you hear that stat of oh Man City were in the third tier now they're in the Champions League and now they're winning the league and stuff he was part of that team and uh, yeah I think he still I mean, he's maybe still stuck in the, the 80s and the 90s or whenever it was he was playing <laughs> they <really> <laughs> just a bunch of, uh, bunch of... but I, I think at uh, end of the day you need to give them credit they got the result but I guess i, I got to be a disappointing one for Falkirk. First game with Ray McKinnon and Charles should be fairly straightforward. I know maybe it's not the most conventional football you're up against and it's maybe not ideal, but um that's got to be really disappointing. Um as mm-hmm. you, as we've kinda mentioned, Queen of the South as well, they beat Crusaders four three, they were four now up at half time and Crusaders got three goals in the second half, but not enough to uh, well, not enough to get it to penalties. Obviously, Queen's ended up winning that one. The other England-Scotland game if eh, the three Airdrie and Sutton United. I thought, to be honest, given the the money down there, I know we were talking about the uh eh, and their result against Borham Wood, but the Ferman are a championship team and oh, should be well, should be beating them. I don't know. They're, they're, they're certainly better than Airdrie and I think Airdrie mm-hmm. were quite unlucky, to be honest with you. I mean, 1-0 is mm-hmm. certainly... Uh, it's no disgrace, to be honest. And certainly, again, on our team not heavily backed. Up. They're a full time club. Well, like, that's another thing. Oh, yeah, I know, right. uh, Airdrie were full time, or maybe still are. I'm not sure how that works, but um, maybe full time in, in name only in terms of Airdrie. Uh, Certain United are a proper full time outfit. <laughs> uh, so mm-hmm. again,
2: the chairman or manager is quite arrogant as well. I know. Sorry. Um. I think it was Sutton United. Um. It was like a wee bit in BBC. Um. That that they, they were doing with and um. It was just it was comparing like teams like Adrian all that to like, it was I think it was like Northern League standard or something something <laughs> ridiculous like that, and then then I seen he, they get results so it's kind of like that but it's just I think. Um, you've seen on Twitter especially my fans like, I think they genuinely thought like they were going into the Scottish Cup <laughs> like I by p- playing teams like Dunfermline and all like that. Um so I don't think they really know what it's all about um, and it's kind of reflected on the attendance wise um, I, again personally I'm not really too sure about the introduction with all these random teams with random leagues even the cup teams to be fair I don't know we do all right in it but I, I don't know I think um, I'll. I think it was, <coughs> I was listening to an interview, um, with the, I can't remember who it was, but it was somebody from the SFA and they was saying this is like a platform um, for the future, um, how they hope to have like cross-border cups, um, and I'm always in favour for the return of the Texco Cup, so <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's a, a work in progress, For right. something bigger. Alright, Grandpa, <laughs> the Texco Cup know, was like what? Just because Buddle played Tottenham.
1: No, I just look classed at it. It'd be it's interesting like... to see what the likes of your Borum Wood and your Sutton United fans, if they buy into it, or no. not
0: Probably I, not. They probably don't know what it no. is. <laughs> I'm not sure not. if
1: we were playing in some sort, of, some sort of cup played between like, because effectively it's like it's like if Motherwell were put into it, like, some cup competition with the kind of regionalized teams for just below the conference in England. It's like that. I mean. To what extent would you buy into that? I mean, maybe go for it
2: at home, but would you bother your ass travelling? You'd go for it away, Dave. No, Vauxhall you would. I like, <laughs> <laughs> bet if it's like Bournemouth, that's a London, isn't it? That'd be class. Um, I don't know. I guess like, if it, you're hardly going to go to, like, I don't know, like, Accrington, Accrington Stanley or something, something something like that down south. Well, no, probably not going um, there. They'd probably beat us. <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah, right enough. As soon as I said that, I thought, nah, I'm thinking our team. I don't know. I, I, I think. It's good potential, but uh, whether it's been realised yet is yet to be seen.
0: I mean, I think there's a few issues for me in this competition, and I have made my views on it clear. I think certainly the under 21s, not a fan, get rid of them. Mm-hmm. I think it's as simple as that. They don't add anything to the competition. Mm-hmm. I don't think the broadcasters really care, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I, I think it is plain and simply probably a vehicle for um, Celtic and Rangers to to, to put their uh, cold teams into the leagues down the line to maybe uh, just get some of the lower league teams used to, to that fact even though Celtic and Rangers were nowhere to be seen in this round um, no. I think it's probably a vehicle for that it's only upside from the SPFL's point of view I can see for having cold teams in it otherwise I just have no idea why you would have them in uh, in terms of the other teams I, I think the only issue is maybe the travel although I think from a fans p- perspective it's brilliant and it's you know you're getting to go to places you wouldn't normally get to go to I think from a club's perspective uh, and I know to be fair that I think the SPFL do give them some travel expenses and give them a wee bit of money towards that but still it's it a major expense no matter mm-hmm. what, how you look at it and uh, yeah I think that would yeah, be he- my, my two major issues with it
1: well Jim Weir the 4 manager talk- he was uh, no it wasn't Jim Weir uh, who was, I can't remember it's left me but the, was a world <laughs> league manager it wasn't Jim Weir the hell was it I can't it, it's gone but you'll find right. it somewhere uh, I saw when I was in work on Saturday was piping up about how it's uh, the, the, the SFA are really sort of, they're taking it out in lower league teams here you know in terms of having chances to maybe get a cup run together it's like they're sort of I yeah. think a lot of the lower yeah. league teams feel that there's been a sort of mockery made of, of their tournament here, if you like. Yeah. And uh, I, heard, I noticed also, it's quite interesting, that the reason the Dunfermline and Boreham game kicked off so early was because Dunfermline didn't want to have to pay for like, another night's accommodation in London. Well, that,
0: <laughs> I, I, I think I think part of it might have also been... That does make sense, but I think as well, because England were playing that, Day, and I think they were a little mm. bit worried about the, the ah, traffic and getting back. Um, that, that's what I heard, but I'm not sure if it could be a mixture again, of also both. Be a factor as well. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. It probably is a mixture of both. Um, just finally, I'll go through other, some of the other results. Uh, a bro, they beat and 3 0. Montrose, big shock there. They beat Dumbarton 1 0. Not mm-hmm. a great start to the week for Dumbarton, although by by all accounts, I think uh, they seem to be having a a real issue and a lot of problems with Aye, injuries really I think thin the gone. squad is really th- thin right now um, plenty of sco- none of them that are scoring no no definitely yeah. um, do United one each with a lot a lot of, all of on, uh, penalties so excellent uh, yep just
1: arriving flowing up there I
0: see <laughs> <laughs> great day for Tom on uh, Saturday um, uh, East he Mike. was
2: quick to oh sorry know. on you go no, so I've got to say, Tom was quick to point out that it was just an under-20s game for the Indy United. Well, yeah.
0: to be fair, uh, it was an under-20s coach and the mm-hmm. under-20s team, so um, from that perspective you can maybe excuse them. I think you can't excuse, however, it's perfect. Thistle, they were beaten by East Fife 2-1. That's yeah, they a,
2: were 1-0 up. Were they not? a shocker,
0: is it? Yeah, yeah. Um I mean, to be honest I'm happy for East Fife because they had a not a tough start to the league but I thought they were a wee bit hard done by, they had a few tough games and they were sitting there at the bottom they got their first win last week and now they're obviously they beat Parthic Thistle so I'm, I'm happy for East Fife but again mm. that's, just, that's just piles on the pressure for, for Archibald, I know again it's the Einbrook Cup so there's maybe can't look into it too much in terms of teams taking it seriously but it's still a
1: bit of a scalp. Ah yeah definitely,
2: definitely and then Partick put a half
1: decent team as well.
0: Yeah.
1: I suppose it's one of the ones we you can it'll be written off as well. Partick's so focused this year is digging their way back up into the league by hook of a crook into the Premier's at the hook of a crook. So ultimately I, I don't think the Ch the Ironbrook Cup is going to be a, a big milestone in their season but yeah. at the same time it can do it can't do wonders for confidence and a new t- a fairly new team together by getting beat off all the opposition like that, they could have been doing with at least maybe at least getting through in the competition until they could they could maybe kinda limp out off a team in the same division or something, you know? yeah mm. mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Um totally agree with that. Um East Go Bride, they were defeated three two by Edinburgh City. That would have been a Walland League game not too long ago. Uh, mm-hmm. Peter Head they narrowly lost out to Bohemians of Ireland 1-0 not the, again not a not the worst result for Peter Head considering they are a League Two side but I um, don't know if he may be expected a bit better given their team on paper but um, mm-hmm. yeah maybe not the worst one there Ross County absolutely hammered Wraith Rovers um, 5-0 Uh, St Mirren under 21 Hamilton under 21 3-2 St Mirren move on Uh, TNS and (laughs) Queen's Park this is this is the big one isn't it Uh, the the Champions League TNS we're in the Champions League (laughs) (laughs) uh, this season Uh, Europa League as well and it's Queen's Park who have League 2 Queen's Park have won on on penalties here that's a that's a massive massive result for Queen's and yeah, what, what a trip for their
1: fans? Ah, it was brilliant. Aye, it, looked, it, it, looked me, aye. it looked a looked a brilliant away day. They're a they're a team over. Uh, obviously, they have had a wee bit of kind of trouble. They kind of relegated the last couple of years and I think came back up. Yeah. and all the rest of it. So, I uh, it was nice to. It's always nice when you see a team for Lord in the leagues get. Uh, obviously that that's sort a of thing doesn't happen a lot because they don't. Not that a lot of teams in the Premiership do either, but they obviously don't have the opportunity to qualify for Europe and get away days in the continent and things so that is one positive I think of having the other teams from the United Kingdom in the Iron Brew Cup you know it does give it does give fans of teams like Queen's Park the opportunity to have away days and have memories and scenes like that and ultimately that's what football's all about you know big long away day foreign country even and then seeing your team victorious like that and it really was not expected to be honest that, that's what football's all about yeah.
2: mm-hmm See, when we're talking about the, the Edinburgh Cup, I think it's bit like, the League Cup, in a way. Like, you see, it's in the LA rounds, if you get knocked out, or well, especially if it's, like, a model fan or that, they'll just, like, dismiss it as like a Diddy Cup or something like that. Yeah, But you see, like, in the latter stages, like, the more fans will buy in it, the more the yeah. team will want to win it. Because at the end of the day, it's a piece of silverware at the end. You saw it in last year's last year's final. Uh, I don't know if it was a sold out in Park, part, but it looked pretty close. I uh, just thought, anyway. Dumbarton get to to their first final and so many years and the jubilant scenes when uh scenes when and won it. So uh, I certainly still right have to cup to Dumbarton and Verness that day. I mean they were they were both out to win exactly. that Exactly. you know. Exactly. So maybe it's just maybe the early rounds that folk maybe don't really pay much interest to um, and maybe come the quarters and semis, um, it becomes more got more of a competition. Yeah, I
0: agree a you. <laughs> yep. Um, just finally Coleraine and for Martin that's gotta be one of the most bizarre games I think about <laughs> competitive games <laughs> well I heard it my wife uh, Coleraine though they they just sneaked past the uh, for Martin penalties that's a really underrated result holding a team like Coleraine for Martin Highland League for Martin I uh, holding them did they not go ahead as well they did yeah yeah. they were 1-0 up because uh, yeah, our, our resident Highlander that. Johnny tried to point out <laughs> um. Yeah, so finally, Sligo Rovers, they beat well, I think in another 21s 4-1 and probably the most uneventful game of all time. So, uh, yeah, mm. that is the Iron Brew Cup done. Uh, that is probably the podcast done, unless you want to add anything else, guys. I think I've said
1: all uh, there is to say. No. Both people are enough for my opinions, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, I've
2: been rolled up enough as well. I'm time for my bed. I I I believe you guys have a news day tomorrow, so... Aye, uh, certainly I do. So, uh, I I'll
1: I'll no sleep the night of excitement. Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait.
0: Se- serious for the listeners, can you describe what a news day is exactly?
1: Well, it's obviously Do you we awesome all met or? through sports journalism at UWS, and a news day is a. Uh, it's you go into uni and it's you you're trying to replicate the sort of feeling of working <laughs> in a newsroom. It's split into sections. You've got an online section, a radio section, and a television section, uh, and they're the most tedious, mentally draining days you'll ever, ever have in your life, and last year, you have them in the third year and they're, they're assessed for your performance and everything, and so you can, you have a wee bit of motivation for them, but then this year they're, they're not, you've just a producer portfolio at the end, but we all do other things, so we'll have material that we can put into that, so uh, that is a fair bit of sitting about, it's say uh, not
2: the best at times. Yeah, I hope yeah. James and Annie are listening to this. Is that an accurate description, is it? I was I was about to say that I am. I'm hoping
0: James. <laughs> I was is, hoping did it or just Elizabeth are, are not are not listening this week. But if they are, uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> well, I really <laughs> hope you enjoyed, hope them. enjoyed the podcast.
1: Aye, that that, that said, smashing. I love them. Aye.
0: <laughs> we, we love them really. We do. Uh, right. Okay. I think we've bored you enough with Scotland, Iron Brew Cup, and Uni chat. Uh, so we will we will bid you farewell. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Lewis. Thanks a lot, us and Andy. Cheers, smashing. Andy as well. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers, fellas. Right. And uh, thank you, the listener. And we will be back probably next Monday, and things will be back to normal, and we'll be talking about the the real football. Uh, real football will be back next next week. So uh, we'll we'll see you then. Goodbye. <laughs>